Good morning, FAC family. Come on. Yeah, that was great. Uh, welcome to FAC. If you're new, this is your first time, an extra warm welcome to you. If we've never met before, my name is Corey and I'm one of the pastors here. And an extra warm welcome to those of you joining online today. Hello to my friends at The Seed. We're grateful that you're here with us. Great artists aren't just born, they are made. And one of the techniques that artists have learned over the years to improve on their talent is the art of imitation. Even as a dad, I love watching my kids imitate me, imitate each other, you know, learning how to act and behave. Imitation is a part of life. And I can't tell you how many times as a dad I've heard this phrase, stop copying me. And if I'm really honest, it's actually usually <laughs> directed towards me. <laughs> Imitation is something we do. We are born learning to imitate people in our lives. It's how we learn and grow. It's a skill that we all have capacity for. So if imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery, then what better way to give praise and glory to God than imitating Jesus? So when I think about this word imitation, to be honest, it got my mind spinning in a whole bunch of different directions. Imitating Jesus seems like a colossal task. How can we even come close to imitating the Son of God? Oftentimes, I feel like I come short. You know, I know what to do, but I don't do it. You ever been there before? Even so, if we are called his disciples, then imitating Jesus is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Imitating Jesus is learning to live the life that Jesus lived, do the things Jesus did, to behave the way Jesus behaved, to treat others the way Jesus treated others. I think about that's what it means to be a Christian, to, to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus, to live our lives the way Jesus did, to point people to him. We listen and obey all that Jesus has commanded us to. He is our teacher. We are his students. Imitating Jesus, following after him, it is the best thing we can do for our lives. And I hope that if you're here today, considering what it means to follow Jesus, searching for someone to follow, that maybe today you would consider joining us and following him and imitating Jesus and following him and learning to be his disciples, his students, his followers. And I must confess, I don't always get it right. Following Jesus is challenging. It requires me to challenge my, my thoughts, my actions, my words, my motivations. It's hard. It's really hard to follow Jesus, but it is so, so good. I remember coming to a point in my life in my teenage years where I, I had to truly say, Jesus, yes, I will follow you. No turning back. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to follow you. I know I won't always get it right, but I'm going to keep trying because I believe I, that Jesus, that you know what's best for me. That your way is the way, the truth, and the life. Imitating Jesus has brought me a life of peace in troubled times. 
a, a life of joy, even in my suffering, a life of forgiveness where there once was bitterness and resentment and hope where there was once despair. I know that there are people today in this room and online that you are searching for hope. You are searching for peace. You are searching for life. And my encouragement to you is to look to Jesus. Learn to live the Jesus life. Let me be clear that just because you identify as a Christian, it does not make you a follower of Jesus. Because there are plenty of people who claim to follow Jesus, but their heart, their heart is far from him. So the challenge is to truly look at the life of Jesus, understand what he's calling us to, and obey his commands to confess our sins, to believe that he is the son of God and to follow him each and every day. Jesus is after our hearts. He's after your heart. He desires to be with you, alongside you, Holy Spirit in you, working through you, making you new. When we live as Jesus lived, when we love as Jesus loved, when we imitate him and do what he asks us to do, our heart it will change. Our relationships will change. Our world will change. I believe it. And I've seen it. And I know many of us are alive today because of what Jesus has done in our lives. So if you don't know what it looks like to imitate Jesus, my prayer is today that you would just get a little bit of a, a glimpse of how we as followers desire to live out our lives. That we all would have an encounter with our living God and know that he has his eyes set on you. Today is but a mere taste, a drop in the bucket of all that it means to imitate Jesus. This is a lifelong process and I know many of us acknowledge that or have experienced that. But I do hope that you will be encouraged today to take that next step whatever it is for you to imitate Jesus. Let me just take a moment and pray for us. Father, we come to you today asking for your spirit to move in our lives, to transform our, our hearts and our minds. May your words speak to our hearts. May we find healing in your words. May we find hope in your words. May we find peace in your words. Jesus, transform us. We learn to live the life Jesus lived. In your name we pray, Jesus, your precious and holy name. Amen. So as was mentioned, we're continuing our series, Unexpected Acts. Our scripture passage that we're going to be reading today comes from Acts 9, 36 through 43. In this passage, we're immediately introduced to someone named Tabitha, and right from the beginning, she's dead. We do know that she was a believer, she was kind to others. She helped the poor and she got sick and died. And then we also have Peter. Peter was a part of the inner circle of Jesus' disciples and he was traveling place to place to place sharing the good news about Jesus. And Peter is the person that Jesus uses to perform this miracle. Acts nine thirty six through 43. So let's jump in. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. 
She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda. So they sent two men to beg him, Please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them. And as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and he prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. Amazing. So here we have this wonderful woman, Tabitha, who seems like a a pillar in the community, living the, the Jesus life. She gets sick, and she dies. And the community immediately calls for help. They heard that Peter's close by. Actually, Peter just finished healing a man named Aeneas. So remember, Peter's going from town to town to town, telling people about Jesus. You know, miracles are happening. He's doing ministry. So the believers send for Peter. Believing that the the one who was close to Jesus will know exactly what to do in this situation. So they send two men to go to Peter beg Peter to come, and he does. Now, it was Jewish custom first to wash the dead body and then anoint it with spices for burial. When Peter arrived in the upper room where Tabitha's body lay, we have a group of widows weeping. They have all been helped by Tabitha and her ministry. When Peter walks into this situation, he does what only he can do. He imitates Jesus. That's what he's been doing. He's been going down to town, imitating Jesus. So here we are in Joppa. Tabitha's dead. What's next? You know, when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, this is the story is found in Mark 5. Jesus said to Jairus' daughter, little girl, get up. And she did. She came back to life. So here we go. Peter just going to do what he's seen Jesus done. Peter asks everyone to leave. He kneels, he prays, and he commands Tabitha to get up. In the same language that Jesus used, get up, Tabitha. Her eyes open. And how many of us, you know, like, is he expecting it? I don't know, but her eyes opened. You know, he takes her by the hand, helps her up. You know, what a moment. I mean, first for Peter to walk into this room smelling the spices. Even to know that touching a dead body, it's ceremonially unclean. You don't touch dead bodies. You know, hearing the tears off in the distance. The stillness of the body as it lay. Takes a moment. Kneels. Prays. Tells her, get up, Tabitha. And she does. That first breath. <sighs> yeah. 
helps her, grabs her by the hand, helps her up. She gets up. I wonder, is he surprised, does everyone, that this works? It's clear that Jesus wants us to imitate him, to do even greater things. We know that even greater things. The disciples called Jesus rabbi, means teacher. They followed him, learned from him, wrote everything down that they possibly could, and we still know that there's lots that wasn't even written down. They follow Jesus, learn from him to live the life that Jesus lived. Ephesians instructs us to imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. What is Jesus asking us to imitate? I mean, that's the question that kept rustling around in my mind. What is he asking us to imitate? What does following Jesus look like? Do I, do you live the Jesus life? You know, it's great that we gather together here, but when we go out into the world, do we represent Jesus? Does my attitude reflect that of Jesus? Do my words reflect that of Jesus? Do my desires reflect that of Jesus? Does my presence reflect that of Jesus? Paul wrote in Ephesians that we are to imitate God in everything we do. And I'm grateful that we have the life of Jesus documented, a life of service, of sacrifice, of love. Does my life reflect that? Now, imitation isn't just about copying outward behavior. Believe me, my children are excellent at that. But it also takes the inward motivation. It's comprehensive. It takes time and energy, and it's a journey. And I pray and I hope that as my kids imitate me, that they see a life that is dedicated to following Jesus, drawing close to Jesus, listening and obeying Jesus with all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. Reading this story made me think, you know, what has Peter seen in Jesus that he's trying to imitate? And it got me thinking, just even as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, when people call out for help, do I respond? Like, that's, that's where we're starting, like, the call for help. Do I respond like Peter? And Pastor Carl once shared about how Jesus embraced the interruptions. How every miracle of Jesus is preceded by an interruption. How many of us are okay with the interruptions of life? Some of us are better at it than others, for sure. But knowing that Jesus embraced the interruptions said yes to the interruptions. Peter is interrupted in his ministry, and they're like, please come as soon as you can. And what did he do? He didn't say, Yo, hold on, wait a minute. He said, let's go. Peter witnessed Jesus embracing the interruptions, paying attention to where God was leading, listening, responding. Can we say that about ourselves? Can we say yes to those who are in need, trusting that Jesus will give us what we need for the task at hand? 
Honestly, that's why I love FAC so much is because we are a community that say yes to the interruptions. Yes to those who are in need. Willing to respond at a moment's notice. To imitate Jesus as we build God's kingdom here. And my encouragement for all of us is to learn to step out of the boat. Just like Peter did. Peter witnessed Jesus embracing the interruptions. Are we willing to do the same? Can we have eyes to see the people who Jesus puts along our path to respond with love and action? I mean, even looking at Tabitha and her story, you know, it's so quickly, you know, we, we can read you know, right past on it. I mean, the, the miracle is that she was raised from the dead. But when I think about her as a disciple, a follower of Jesus, she was known for her kindness and her generosity. Seeing needs and using her gifts and abilities to serve and love others. She was always doing kind things, always helping the poor. Kindness is a quality that we should have as disciples. Thank you, Tabitha, for your example. Maybe there's a Tabitha you know in your life. Always responding, always helping those in need. Let's encourage the Tabithas. I know there are names in your minds of, of those people. Let's send them a message. Let's encourage them. Let's be a community that calls out kindness. Kindness. Love, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit produces those fruit in our lives a life that imitates Jesus, a life that follows Jesus will produce these fruit. It will happen. We don't always get it right. That's true. But the more we follow Jesus, the more we make him a priority in our lives, surrendering our lives to him, giving him control, the more we desire to live a life after him, the Holy Spirit will produce these fruit. It's, it's going to happen. You know, Luke, the author of Acts, he mentions her kindness. He specifically mentions her kindness for us. And what a great reminder that looking out for those who are in need, those who are overlooked, that's a priority for us. That's kingdom work right there. I feel like kindness seems to be coming more and more rare. And I think that as a community, we can change that. It can be quite easy to pass judgments on people, you know, to say nasty things without even thinking. That's not how we live. Stop hating. Start loving. I mean, Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Followers of Jesus should be known for their love. Known for their love. The mark 
of a follower of Jesus? Are we known for our love? Are we loving? Are we patient? Are we kind? And I just want to say yes. I love our family here. I truly believe that we are loving, that we are patient, that we are kind. I think as followers of Jesus, let's continue living that out. Because we are called to love those even we hate. Again, I said following Jesus isn't, isn't an easy thing. We are called to love our enemies. We are called to love those who persecute us. Jesus says, if I look at my brother or sister with hate in my eyes, I've committed murder. Who do you hate? Whose name or face comes to mind that makes you burn with anger within? However long that we've been walking around with that, Jesus wants to heal you. He's inviting all of us to look at the people in our eyes with eyes of love. To forgive and let the healing power of Jesus work in our hearts. And by no means am I saying that the person doesn't deserve judgment or consequences. I'm simply saying we are leaving it up to God and removing it from our hands and placing it in his. I'm also learning to see every person, every person as invaluable and irreplaceable in the eyes of God. Even my worst enemy, Jesus went to the cross for that person. We are invited to imitate Jesus in this way, to turn from selfish desires and to live the servant life. Reconciliation is the Jesus way. Sacrifice is the Jesus way. Kindness is the Jesus way. And I say all of us knowing full well that it is a journey. Healing is a journey. But it's a journey that we are inviting Jesus into. Like I mentioned earlier, many call themselves Christians, but their hearts are far from him. James 1 also talks about listening and doing, listening and obeying. Starting in verse 19, we read, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God as planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and then you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father 
means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Imitating Jesus. Imitating Jesus. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, accept the word of God for it has the power to save your soul. And don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says and God will bless you. Control your tongue. Care for the orphans and widows and refuse to let the world corrupt you. This is what it means to imitate Jesus. Jesus means business, my friends. This isn't an easy road, by no means. Jesus loved others deeply, and even the, those the world despised. It kind of makes me think about the people he has placed in my life. Am I loving? Am I loving to even the people I hate? Am I kind? Jesus is inviting us to live a radical life, a life that is truly out of this world. No one had been raised from the dead in the early church so far, but the faith in the believers was so great that they expected the Lord Jesus to use Peter to resurrect her. This miracle, like the previous ones, led many to believe in the Lord. My friends, Jesus is on the move today. Miracles are happening today. People are coming to the Lord today. I love how Pastor Jeff shared his, his story a few weekends ago. And you can listen to it if you haven't. It's on YouTube called Unexpected Acts, A Bold Move. He's a living, walking, breathing miracle. And I know there are many of you today who are living, walking, breathing miracles. That have been resurrected into new life. Imitating Jesus is hard work, but it is so worth it. And I'm thankful for pe people like Peter who kept trying. Most of us know his story. He's failed a few points in his life, but he keeps trying, never giving up. Grateful for people like Tabitha, who served others, cared for others, was kind to others. I mean, I'm grateful for Jesus, the greatest teacher of them all, who opened our minds and our world to hope. A world full of peace, a world of love. Something beyond the physical world. So how do I imitate Jesus? I deny myself and I follow him. The call to follow Jesus is to deny yourself and follow him. Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, any of you, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. Are you willing to give up your own way? Matthew 28, 20 says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Give up your own way. Trust Jesus, follow his commands 
I mean, that's what it means to imitate Jesus, to be his disciple. We follow the commands that Jesus has given us. We study his life. We learn to live the life that he's lived. And we do so not out of our own strength, but by the power of the living God working in us and through us. Again, truly out of this world. Because we cannot, we cannot do this on our own. We need Jesus. May all of us surrender our lives to the King who saved us, set us free from death and given us eternal life. Friends, we are going to move into a time of communion and healing prayer. I'm reminded that Jesus at the final meal that he sat in community with the people that he did life together with. Friends and betrayers, complex relationships, kind of a mess of relationships. Communion is a reminder for us to make things right before God and with others, to, our, to examine our hearts in the areas in our life of maybe someone that we've hurt or even those who have hurt us, to forgive those who have sinned against us, to seek unity as we do life together in community. As we remember, Jesus is the one who sustains us. Jesus is the one we imitate. Communion is a time to remember all that the Lord has done for us. It's time to worship and give thanks for the forgiveness of our sins and the new life we have in Jesus. Friends, Jesus also wants to make you well. He wants to make you well. And I know there are people here today that he is calling to get up, to be well. And every time we do communion together as a family, we remember and we celebrate the Lord's death, his sacrificial death, and we look forward to his return. On the night, on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. He broke it in pieces and said, this is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together. In the same way, he took the cup of wine saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again to the king. Church, family, our time is not over yet. I know there are people here in this room that need healing. That Jesus is saying to you, get up. We are going to sing a song together. And I would encourage you to take a posture, whether it is standing, kneeling, sitting, whatever it may be, 
and ask Jesus what he wants to heal in your life. Then after this song, I will come back up and we are going to have a time of healing at the front for our family. So let's think, let's ask Jesus, what does he want to do in your life today? Do you want to get well?